Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and we have another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. I've got a interview with a doc today that we've had on the show before. Uh, him and I are going through Seth Godin's The Marketing Seminar together in a small group, and it's been great. He's had a lot of growth this year, but he's had a lot of struggle recently, and we get really honest with it. We dive very deep. There's a lot of um, vulnerability and um, I was very pleased with him being willing to come on the show and open up about it. And it's Dr. Andy Cook. And so we're going to kind of get into the discussion of avoiding burnout, thinking clearly during stressful situations, trying to avoid making decisions or snap judgments without really letting the dust settle a bit. And I think this is a great episode for everybody to listen to because I think everybody, if you practice long enough, I think everybody's going to get to a situation where they may have this type of feeling and this type of scenario. And it's how you handle it that can really determine what's going to happen with your practice and with you even being a chiropractor. So one of those things that we see is people get out of it. And so um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I'm excited for the pivot he's made, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. I think uh, you'll maybe have some self-reflection on it. It's a really common thing in, in most, I guess, most professions, but I think it happens a lot in chiropractic. It's a very, you know, it's a tough profession. Um, it's stressful. We All we want to really do is care for people and get people better, but there is a lot of business to having a practice, and sometimes we struggle with that part of it, and so we, uh, we dive into it. Before we do that, I do want to invite you to our CSA retreat, Chiropractic Success Academy, and that link is uh, bit.ly slash CSA retreat, and it's going to be exciting. We're going to have some special guests. Obviously, it's Dr. Bobby Maybe and I putting this on as part of the Chiropractic Success Academy, but we do have Dr. Josh Satterley speaking. We also have Dr. Aaron Jorgensen speaking. We're going to then have some breakouts to where as chiropractors that are uh, new, uh, we're going to have some that are you know kind of in the middle of it, maybe let's just say eight years out, and then we're going to have some for the folks that are thinking of exit strategies and building systems and sellability and scalability, and I'm going to really dive deep into the optimization, automization, and outsourcing of marketing and some business stuff to where you can have a very well-developed marketing strategy without it being cumbersome. You know, we spend a lot of time treating patients and so it can be hard to have a full marketing plan and implement it. So we'll be uh, diving into that. That is going to be in June, June 22nd, 23rd in Portland, Oregon. And again, that link is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash C-S-A retreat. I hope to see you there. And um, without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Andy Cook. I hope you gleaned some insights, uh, whether you are in the thick of it right now as far as burnout or trying to prevent it, or if you've had it in the past and you don't want it to happen again, this can be a great episode for you. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, Dr. Andy Cook, I appreciate your time again. This 
isn't the uh, first time you've been on the, the podcast. I think it's the, the second. And obviously, you and I talk quite a bit. Obviously, we're both active in FTCA. We both are part of this little Slack mastermind group that we have Zoom calls every so often. And then we're both, thanks to you, going through Seth Godin's marketing seminar together. And uh, I know I've learned a lot. Do you have some insights from that that you've really taken from that? Yeah, that's really been transformative. I thought I had a pretty decent handle on my messaging and everything going through the story brand process and everything like that. But this is on a whole nother level. Like it's super, super cool. And you can take it in in whatever way you want. But I was just, I've had the opportunity to take it pretty seriously, kind of deep dive into a lot of the assignments, but a lot of time into it. And there's just been some really interesting insights from that and how I can think about empathy and think about authority and think about like the way that people are going to view in my message and everything like that. So it's just been huge. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because uh, you got us a group of us into it. We were able to get that group discount, which was nice because it's not, it's not cheap No, if you pay the full amount, but it's definitely got all the value in the world. And I recently spoke at the sports symposium for Motion Palpation Institute. And so I, I kind of, I gave the same talk I gave in Vegas for Parker to that group, but it was students instead of, you know, Parker was chiropractors and marketing people and things like that. So I had to switch it a little bit. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to add that whole X, Y axis of positioning into it that Seth talks about. It went over really well. And I did a podcast episode too, but I felt like when I did it in person, I, I actually did it on the chalkboard and I went through the whole thing and the students really, you know, they came up to me afterwards and it made a lot of sense to them. And I was so far for me has been the biggest takeaway of that marketing seminar, but it gets you just thinking differently. Some of it's esoteric, you know, he, he can get detailed and and a lot of psychology behind it, but it's great. It's been awesome. Yeah, I think so. I think the X, Y axis has been pretty huge, especially in Minneapolis. I recently learned that there are more chiropractors per capita in Minneapolis than anywhere else in the world. You have a school there, right? Yeah, there's a school and it's a really livable city and it's really active. It makes a lot of sense to me that it would be that way. Yeah. But for instance, I have a chiropractor across the street from me. I have a chiropractor across the parking lot from me. I have one down the block. Like I could throw a stone and hit a chiropractic office. So really being able to say, okay, maybe I'm not for this person's patients, but I'm, you know, I've got a group of patients that really like me. So yeah. it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like I'm not trying to get this person's patients anymore. It's not even a struggle. So I don't, I don't do paid advertising anymore. Cause I almost, I mean, I feel like I could probably own my message a lot better before I start really trying to get it out there. So. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's been good. You know, looking back, it's kind of funny as I go through learning all the different marketing from different people over the last four or five years, I look back at like when I opened my practice in 2010, I can pick certain things where like, God, that was dumb. (laughs) 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 And then sometimes I'll say to myself, I was like, Oh, you actually, you know, you were thinking pretty clearly on that and you, and you did well without even knowing say the theory behind it or the marketing strategy behind it. And one of the things is was positioning that I did well. I remember Early on, I remember saying to people, I was like, I don't really consider a lot of chiropractors my competition because we just weren't targeting the same person. And that was that whole thing. Like I really had positioned myself as, you know, the person to go to for sports injuries. And some people didn't even know I was a chiropractor. Some did. I, I remember 
one day I had 10 patients early on, I had 10 patients and six of them were like extremity, you know, a foot, a knee, a hip, an ankle, and nothing was like spine related, you know? And, <laughs> and I said to myself, I was like, I think more of my competition might be the, the orthopedist, maybe the physical therapist, you know, things like that. But I was okay with it. I was like, I remember having patients come in and they already had a chiropractor. And I was like, oh, it's cool. Keep going and see him. You know, like he'll do his thing. I'll do mine. You know, I got didn't try to be something that I wasn't. So looking back on it, I, I felt like that was something I got early on. Definitely made a lot of other mistakes, but I got that early on. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel the same way. I kind of feel like my philosophy is, is that I don't have competition. I collaborate with a lot of other chiropractors in the area. I'm friends with them. I do some work with them, do some workshops with them. Like I coexist pretty well just because, like I said, there are so many of us here. So. And if you find other like-minded chiropractors in your community that are doing similar things, it's actually mm-hmm. a good, it's a good thing because the more awareness around that in your community, then it really brings everything up. I, I kind of use another example is active release technique. I remember when I first got certified in and I came to South Florida, I was one of like three in the tri-county area, which is a big swath of land and it's a lot of people. And I was only one of three and I liked that, but the awareness for ART wasn't as high. And then we hit a point where there was like 20 of us, but the, the community knew more about ART at the time. And so we were all benefiting from it. So it's the same kind of theory. If there's chiropractors doing what you're doing, in your community, you can work together and get more awareness in there. And then that's going to really help everybody out. Right. Absolutely. And we, we kind of do a little bit of uh, co-marketing on Instagram and things like that mm-hmm. too, where we'll all tag each other. If you are looking for somebody, you know, these people, if they're near you, go see them. Like it's, it's not, uh, not even that big of a deal. So. Perfect. Um, so the segue in, you know, I, we've gotten to know each other over the last uh, couple of years, I guess now, and it's been a fun journey and you've had a lot of growth and you overall had a, a good 2018 and saw a lot of different growth happen. And then recently uh, in our kind of our closed little mastermind group there, you expressed some, some concerns of things and, and you've been working through that. So kind of tell us what's going on with that. Okay. Sometime around last month, I hit a point, I hear three years is a point at which a small business owner is, there can be a pretty significant burnout. And I experienced that very wholly. I had been, you know, I still am growing, but I had been growing at a pretty solid rate, especially since Brandon, my former partner, had to move home. I had some really, really good months there and then realized that I had been working, I don't know, 60, 70 hours a week. And I was making some money, but it was from another job, essentially. It was not from, I didn't pull any wages from the clinic. So I was kind of at a point where I'm working a lot of hours, I'm not making a lot of money. And my wife and I are starting to budget a little bit more and attack things a little bit more wholeheartedly in certain ways. And the thing that I'm spending most of my time on is not contributing to that. It was starting to bother me quite a bit. To the point where, you know, I kind of threw a little bit of a fit <laughs> on, the, on the Slack channel. And yeah. it was like, okay, I just want to burn it all and mm-hmm. get rid of the clinic and, you know, find a job somewhere because this isn't just not working or whatever. So then I slept on it. And fortunately, I was able to talk to you all and, you know, get a significant amount of help, like a sounding board, basically, and was able to bounce back from that really, really quickly. And I, and I look at it now, it's been like three weeks, I think like that. And I've changed everything up since then. We'll go into that in a little bit here. But 
I look at it now as a, as a pivot instead of a, a breakdown or something like that. It was just a moment at which I was able to notice that things were not going the way that I wanted to, even though I had planned for this way. Like I had planned to, they were going the way I had planned, but the way that I had planned was not the way that I wanted to go. So, but I was able to, because I remember we talked last time about the importance of agility in a small business. I was able to pivot very, very quickly. And and I feel like I have not slowed down. In fact, I've probably sped up a fair amount because because of this marketing seminar that we're going through. I'm able to, you know, use the message that I have, chase the people that I want to get in touch with, that I want to get in front of. And I feel more authentic doing this now. So from breakdown to build back up, it's really only been a couple of weeks. And now it's like I'm I feel more at home in my office and my office is bigger and more lit up. And I don't know, kind of like how everything's going. Yeah. So. You know, it's kind of crazy because I went through a tough stretch in 2015 with everything that I've kind of outlined on a couple other podcast episodes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember some days coming to work and, you know, and I own my office, I own my real estate. And I remember coming to work sometimes and just being like, I can't believe I have to come to this place for the yeah. rest of my life. <laughs> you know, just like, and you know, that's not a good thought. And no, definitely, definitely not. When you spend that many hours doing something that you just like, oh God, this is all sucking. Like it's terrible. Especially when you just bought the office oh, space and all that. I oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> um, so I knew I had to make, you know, I had to really dig in and, make some changes with that. And so, you know, I think a learning experience from that is like, if you're getting that feeling, it doesn't mean it's the end of whatever, you're just going to have to work through it. And then I think the other key point of what you brought up is having a sounding board. Sometimes as a small business owner, you can be left on an Island Mm -hmm. and you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to and it can be a really bad situation. And sometimes even to the point where you end up hiding things from your spouse, right? Not in a bad way, but just you don't tell him or her the stresses of it or that you're having a hard time meeting cash flow. You don't want to worry the spouse sometimes, or, you know, if they're not involved in the clinic and you end up having this kind of big secret happening and you don't even have a spouse to talk to about it. It doesn't sound like that's the case in your hand, but just it can happen. And so you got to have a a group. You got to have a sounding board. You have some people you can really bounce the hard shit off of, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. That was instrumental. I mean, for me, that was, that's the reason that I was able to, I'd still probably be wallowing right now. Mm-hmm. More than likely I'd still, I would not have changed things. Maybe I would still be having the same systems that I had and, and the same setup that I had. So what are some of the things you've changed? So physically in my office, it was compartmentalized into three different spaces. Now, my office is like 300 square feet. So it did make sense when there were two of us in here. We had a bit of a flow where we had kind of a quote-unquote waiting area and then a rehab area and a treatment table. The rehab area, we could also put another table in. So we could have multiple patients going at the same time. And it made sense that way. And then when Brandon left, I just had the rehab area and the treatment area. And that was all well and good, but I don't know. I, I tend to make treatment and rehab very, very more, they're, they're blended in my, in my style of practice more so than I don't have to compartmentalize it. I don't have to split things off very much. And so when I opened it up, it was now it's like a big play area. It's like a big open lit area. I mean, there's so many windows and so much light in this office now and it reaches every corner. It's not blocked by a shelf or something like that. Yeah. That's cool. 
so everything's gotten really, really clean and, and I, I enjoy spending time in here. Some of the other things I've done is um, I, I shortened my regular patient visits and then I added another patient visit. I spend more time kind of digging into some specialized mobility and self-care and stability type stuff using things like with the stick mobility and using uh, balance beams. Like I do a lot of lower extremity rehab and stuff like that. And so we'll use balance beams for foot and hip rehab quite a bit. And so it ends up where my patient visits end up getting a lot more fun. Like there's a lot of play involved because it's not going to be any more than just me. Like this is the thing that I kind of realized after going through this process is I, I let the trainer that I had working for me go for a couple of reasons. She was good, but you know, not exactly what I was looking for in an employee. So I let her go and now I'm doing the training myself. And then I do the patient visits myself. And it's just because I kind of realized I don't want to, if I could had, if I could help it, I wouldn't be a business owner. Like I am <laughs> not a huge fan of being a small business owner, but at the same time, I couldn't have the work that I have as a job. Like there would be nobody who could, would pay me what I feel I'm worth. <laughs> yeah, I get <laughs> it. I, so like not trying to sound too arrogant or anything like that, but I, I run a relatively unique practice and the people who like me, like me. And I wouldn't be able to get that as a job. So I have to be a small business owner, but I'm not trying to scale in the same way. Like before I would look at your practice, for instance, and I'm like, how do I emulate that? How do I grow to that level and everything like that? Because I mean, you're a pretty good guy to emulate as far as growing a practice, but I realized it's not that, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not what I want to do. I don't want to run even a big office. Like I'm really happy with this small gym centered yeah place inside of a gym where my overhead is just rock bottom. Like, and if I don't have employees and my overhead's even lower, like it's, I can pay myself now because I don't have a payroll. Yeah, yeah. No, so, absolutely. It's definitely, I think that's a key distinction is a chiropractor. You need to be clear on what you want and it's not going to be the same as everybody else. You know, like it's just not, uh, yeah, it's a little tough because like you said, it's hard to just get a job and be paid what you're worth in chiropractic. Typically, there's outliers, but typically, if you're going to make substantial money, it's going to be as a as a business owner or a partner. You, know, you can do that, but it's hard to just be an associate and make 175 thousand a year, or even 100 in some cases. So that's the reality of it. But yeah, you don't need to have the all the stuff, you know. And you know, I started out small, and I was in, I had one treatment room inside of a training facility, 2007 to 2000. Nine, and then I had one treatment room inside of orthopedic office, 2010 to 2013, and then I bought 3,000 square feet and all that, and I got pretty well developed staff. And so I got some patients where they remember back when I they followed me when I had one room and it was me and I didn't have a front desk person, and then they come in now and it's like you got quite a payroll now, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yes, 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 I do. Yes, it's absolutely the case. <laughs> I mean, I I did build into it. I uh, yeah, I sure. didn't just do it, but it's still like it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. I've got the office in Miami that is there. You know, like there's definitely a lot. And I for me, strategic coach really helps me out with managing it all, and it's just part of my who, what I want and my desires, and I enjoy it and, and it's going great. But yeah, like I think you're right. Biggest mistake people make is try to emulate something kind of like it goes back to what you said before was you had this plan, you followed the plan, you got there, but you realize like, fuck, I didn't like that plan. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It'd be the same way. It's like if you, yeah. if you try to emulate someone 
that you see out there and you think you want, and then you get there and you're like, God, I didn't want that. Why did I do that? No, so right. Got to be clear. Right. Fortunately, it's pretty easy for me to change around and, and realize what I did want. Like it was not far off. Like it really wasn't that far off. And the, none of the changes are that drastic. Most of the patients that come in now are like, oh, oh the office is more open and you're not wearing shoes and a t-shirt and something like that. So it's a very different experience for them, but most of them are still getting the same care. So it's really, it's really not that drastic. Change. Yeah. And then you mentioned that you've spent, you've decreased a little bit of the time with them. I know you and I had gone had a back and forth through the Seth Godin stuff too, as far as how much you're charging, how much time you're spending, what's your hourly worth, things like that. Have you altered that a bit? Uh, yes. By just knocking 10 minutes off of my treatment time changed it very significantly. Yeah. I mean, that, that changed everything very, very significantly. I don't charge more, but I spend 10 less minutes. So I get one extra patient in an hour and that's pretty significant. It's, it's where I feel like I should be right now based on, based on my overhead. And, and you know, I try and make it as you know, high end as I can, the office is really clean and it's very, you know, it's looks pretty modern. And so, so people are getting a high end experience within this very small space that they have. And I think that they're getting with, oh, absolutely. And you know, that's the thing too, is you probably feel better about it and your results are still going to be great. That extra 10 minutes isn't going to really dictate how their results are going to be. Not at all. It's, it's really just kind of, I spend a little bit less time talking or if I am talking, it's going to be you know, while I'm yeah, and you're getting at it, you know, you just get at it, be efficient and mm-hmm. do that. I think one of the mistakes chiropractors make is they equate the time they spend with a patient as the value of that visit and not, yeah. and not the results as the value of that visit. Right. 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 Which is, uh, and they're very, very different things. So, I mean, I, I think that I, I could maybe eventually knock another five minutes off, but I, I don't really want to do that either. I think I'm kind of right around where I want to be. And because I'm offering the other services, I think my most profitable is if I were to have three patients in an hour, but I also have the option of, I have a 40 minute visit option. And that's kind of the more, more in-depth one where, you know, I spend more time doing some self-care type stuff. You know, what'd be fun about it too, which I see a lot of times you'll get people and I'll just relate it to chiropractic. You'll get chiropractors that are, they're so money driven Mm -hmm. and the patient senses that. Oh, totally. Yeah. And they don't end up getting that the money that they want because they keep on turning off these patients. Right. And then you'll get the other chiropractor that is not money driven and they're just like, they're working in their flow and they're like really loving what they're doing. And they got this good energy and they go to work. All they think about is, you know, having that one-on-one or whatever the patient, they're just in that flow of it. And that patient also senses that and says, well, this is a great place to be. And then that's when they refer people and your practice is busy. And the next thing you realize like the money's there and the the money comes. Yeah. And I have, I've been noticing, I still track all of my numbers pretty closely and everything like that. And I've been noticing that I get, a lot more personal referrals lately. That's where almost all of my patients come from these days. It's really, you know, I get the occasional Google search because I still fortunately front loaded all that stuff a couple of years ago and did a lot of uh, quote unquote SEO things and write blogs and social media and all that stuff. But it's been pretty radical how, how much growth I've had just through people telling other people and things like that. So that's pretty apparent now. 
Yeah. And then, so it's like, everything ends up working out. You're feeling less stressed. You're having, you're enjoying your job. You're, mm -hmm. you're not having overhead issues. You're actually, you know, paying yourself what you deserve mm -hmm. and it just all works together with it. And, and sometimes yeah. I think you need to hit, hit those roadblocks totally. uh, to, yep. <laughs> to do it. Right. Like it's kind of like that book that Ryan holiday wrote. The obstacle is the way. Have you read that? I haven't read it. No. Read that. Yeah. I, I recommend everybody read that. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. He had the other one, The Ego is the Enemy. Okay. But The Obstacle is the one where a lot of the football teams, like the Patriots and Seahawks and some others, have picked up this book. And it just talks about a lot of times in life or in work or in sport or whatever, wherever the obstacle is, is that's the way you got to go instead of trying to run from it. And it sounds like you you had this big obstacle and you had a moment of breakdown, which we all do. And you gathered yourself and you said, you know, I'm going to take this head on. And I remember getting the message, whether I think it was the next day or a couple of days after where you're like, oh, okay, cool. He's going to take this thing head on. Right. And yeah. No, I, I remember your reply. You're like, okay, not selling the business. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was already looking for jobs for you and everything, man. Oh, I know. Yeah. That, that was funny. I, I had looked, I mean, I went so far as to look well outside of chiropractic for jobs like that day. I was like, all right, who's going to hire me? And now, you know, and, and I'm doing a few other things too. I decided like, if I, if I want to do something like it's, it's help people. Right. So you know, I think about how the ways that I can scale myself into helping as many people as possible, right? So one of the ways is to make a bigger business and multiply myself physically so that I can help people that way. And then another way, I think the way that, that I kind of came to was uh, was writing. Like I really do enjoy writing. I really like, I, I think that I have a, a decent writing voice for starting some sort of a website or something like that where I can teach multiple people yeah. and kind of scale myself that way and I not be quite so geographically limited and perhaps maybe even do work from home and less physical yeah, work. Yeah. Have you considered like ghostwriting or anything? Um, yeah, you know, I toy with that too. Like now that I have a greater hold on my schedule, I'm starting to kind of cluster myself a little bit more since I condense the ART down a little bit. Yeah. I can condense my office time a little bit more. So my, I know that I'm going to be able to get more creative and, and use a lot, a lot more time effectively yeah. for, for creating things. And I'm working on some stuff already. So cool. That's yeah. exciting. Mm -hmm. so, you, so it's like you took a head on, you're doing your thing. And then you also have some kind of side things where like, you know what, I'm going to ha have more time and energy to focus on some of this and just mm -hmm. kind of become pretty well-rounded with it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I've learned so much being a small business owner, of, like in growing the business and then like from you and the social media marketing and the online business in general, I've taken a lot out of that in the few years that I've been, that I've been practicing and I've, I've kind of figured I would try and make more of it and try and make it less about growing this one business with that, but I could probably do a few different things with it. So. Yeah. Dan Kennedy, uh, marketing guy talks about it. I forget what mm -hmm. book I've read all, all of his books. I think it's the, his main business one, but he talks about having like a mini conglomerate, you know? Yeah. And yep. it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have this, like you're not Richard Branson with, you know, a zillion employees and zillion dollars and stuff like that as a conglomerate. But, you know, like for me, I've always thought of that as, okay, I've got my two chiropractic practices. 
We have our corporate wellness stuff that we do. And I've got the modern chiropractic marketing and chiropractic success academy thing and helping out chiropractors, but it really all feeds itself, right? Like I could take the marketing seminar from Seth Godin and really dive into that and apply it. Not only like I could apply it to my practice and grow that, but also workshop it as an idea for modern chiropractic marketing and then see if it flies. Like see if, if I apply it to my practice, it works great. If if not, then I could tell people like it doesn't work. You know, I can kind of use my practice and it all kind of feeds itself. And if one thing struggles, it doesn't break the bank, you know? Right. right. And that way you've got a little bit of uh, diversification. And so I, I, I do believe in that within, within reason, I think some people will spread themselves too thin or it's like mm-hmm. they're a chiropractor and it's like, Oh, I'm going to open up a subway. <laughs> you know, like and sell subs, like yeah, it's kind of going to be really congruent. Right. <laughs> so, but, but eat healthy. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't forget to be nutritious. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if you open up a CrossFit next year clinic, then you'd have yeah. good. I that'd be good because you get a lot of patients from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cool. So um, just to kind of wrap it up a little bit, what what would be a couple of the insights that you would give to our audience if they've done this or they've been through something like this or they haven't, or they're at that point now where they're really burning out. What are some of the things you have as far as takeaways now that you've been through this? Yeah. You know, if you are at a point of burnout, do something, any one little thing, right? So talk to somebody about it, have a group that you can talk about it to is a, is a pretty big one. You don't have to do like some drastic change. You don't have to quit, but I mean, doing any one thing, to change something. But I think even a bigger part is like, I was actually able to take time and reflect and figure out what I wanted to change. Like that was really more meaningful. Like I didn't make any impulsive changes. I I reflected, I thought about what I wanted to do. And then I took some actions and then I took some more actions. Like this was, it was, it was much easier with some clarity, with some actual, you know, time to think about some things. So if there is some unhappiness in your practice or, or in your life or something like that, take some time to maybe figure out why and not, not just accept it because it doesn't have to be that way. It's not somebody else's fault more than likely. So taking some time to reflect on that and figure out, and then don't ignore what you learn from that reflection, but actually, you know, take a small action and then let it build upon it. I think that that was a, uh, a big turning point for me was when I actually, <laughs> when I slept that night and then, and then woke up the next day and was like, okay, well, let's be realistic about what we can actually do here. So Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. And it's one of those things where I would recommend if you feel like you're going down that bad path is to get a hold of it early. Don't just say, oh, you know, I'm sure it'll get better. And, and the next thing you <laughs> know, it it's like, yeah, it do- usually doesn't unless you strategically and actively work on it and talk to people and improve it, then it usually doesn't get better. So that would be my recommendation too. You can usually see, you can kind of feel when you're going down that, you know. Yeah. When you don't like your job, when you're sick of seeing a particular patient or whatever, when you roll your eyes and look at your schedule, like that's a pretty good time to start thinking about things. Like we talked about earlier about like hating to show up to work. I remember the other one I told you, he's like, you know what, you know, you need to get rid of your associate 
when you pull up to the office and you see their car and you get this disgusting feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're working today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm paying them. Damn it. <laughs> right. I'm not paying them. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but uh, I think ultimately you get those feelings, you know, and, and you mm-hmm. got to listen to it. It doesn't mean you have to act on it right away. It's no. like, and it's probably best of, if you don't. Yeah, like it's exactly. Best if you don't act on it right away, but. I mean, not ignoring it. Like, don't put your head in the sand either. Like, that's uh, that's not a good practice either. So. Yeah, and like looking back on it now, like you you did it the right way. Like, yeah, you vented and everything like that, but you did it in a closed little group, and you didn't do anything until you thought about it, and you got a lot more clarity. And then once you got the clarity, you acted. So that's that's definitely something I want to make sure that the audience understands. Is like, yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, if you get the gut feeling, don't just act on it right away. Like now, you know, you okay, I gotta. I got to talk to some people about it. I got to talk to my spouse about it. I got to get some clarity on it. Like you got to, you have to have accurate thinking in these times. Otherwise you just compound it and, and make it 10 times worse. And right, so, right. yeah, it was definitely not an emotional mind when I actually started making the changes. Like I, I had pen to paper and it was after a couple of days, like I, I did not make any of these decisions impulsively. Like it was definitely with great consideration. I did. I, I mean, I probably even did a few of the Seth Godin assignments in the time that I was there thinking about, okay, so what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And why am I going to do it? What's the reasoning for this? So, Perfect. Well, you know, I, I really want to thank you for coming on here and sharing. It's not always easy, but I think everybody from the young chiropractor to the super successful ones have been through this in some point in their life. And I think it's a learning lesson that when you're going to be in the trenches of this profession, there's going to be some ups and downs in it. It could be day to day. It could be month to month or year to year, but having a a sounding board and and being able to communicate that uh, will really help prevent the the damage from being too great. So I, I definitely want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that I was able to get on when it's still so fresh. And so I was able to kind of give some accurate retelling of everything and all that. And I, I appreciate all of your insight going through the process too. Like I definitely think that you were instrumental in in making sure that it was not, you know, emotional or impulsive or anything. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I went through the toughest. And so I, I definitely speak from experience of going through hell when it comes through business. And, and for me, obviously, the divorce and stuff. So it was kind of a, a double whammy. So yeah, it's just something that you need to go through sometimes and get better from it and, and then grow. Yep. All right. Perfect, man. Have a great week. And we'll be talking soon. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Before I let you go, I want to give you three ways that we could potentially work together in helping growing your practice. First is the Chiropractic Success Academy, and it's an online academy with a closed Facebook group, a monthly Zoom call as a group, and we really work through a lot of key aspects of growing your business, such as marketing, business, the clinical side of things, and also the mindset. And we have a great academy built out with all kinds of information you'd want that you can go through at your own pace. We have, for new members, a kind of a game plan of following these first set of modules so you don't get overwhelmed and then go from there. We bounce ideas around in the Facebook group. You have some access to myself and Dr. Bobby Maybe, and you can find that at bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y slash your CSA circle. So that's number one way you can work with me. Number two, another way we can work together is through the... CSA retreat we're having in Portland, Oregon. 
and that's going to be June 21st through 23rd. And that's where we're going to really dive one-on-one live as a group and get into the details of growing your practice. And we've got some special guests coming to that, Dr. Josh Satterley, Dr. Aaron Jorgensen, and you can find that at bit.ly.ly slash CSA retreat. And then lastly, we're doing, so I'm doing some one-on-one coaching. I've got uh, some chiropractors we're working with. If you're interested in that, where you have a coach and you have someone holding you accountable and we get really clear on the modern chiropractic marketing principles. And that is the coaching is MCM mastery. And if you're interested in that, you can go to bit.ly slash MCM coach, and you can check out that information or contact me at Kevin at modern And I can discuss it more with you. So hope those are some ways where you think we can work together and help grow together. And I appreciate everything that I've learned from you. And I love sharing some of the stuff I've been able to learn through interviewing people and doing this for 15 years in private practice. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.